Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, Employability and Careers Consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. So in this episode of the podcast, we're going to think about what happens next? What do we do after uni? And I'm very aware that many people know that, you know, uni is a time that's going to finish and it would be good to have something lined up next. The dream is having it there and ready before you even finish studying. And that's not the situation everyone's in. And don't worry if that's not your situation. But I'm really pleased to have a guest, Ellie Knowles, with me today. Ellie is a finalist, literally just finished and has a job lined up. So we're going to hear a bit about Ellie's experience and some top tips from that. Welcome, Ellie. Hi, it's great to be here. So Ellie, you've literally just finished. Do you want to tell us what you've just finished studying and, and what you what it is that you've got lined up next? Yeah, so I've just finished my fourth year of a physics integrated master's and I'm going to start in September as a trainee patent attorney in London, working for the company Mubinellis. Wow. OK, so four years studying, really hard work. Congratulations on finishing. And you've got this job lined up now. Is it your dream job? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's as, as good as a, a graduate job can get. It's really exciting to have a graduate opportunity job um, as well with a training programme integrated into that. Um, so I'm actually going back to uni part time next year from January till June to work um, at Bournemouth University to get qualified as a um, well part qualified as a trainee patent attorney. And then after that, uh, there'll be some European exams so that I can be European qualified um, within the next few years. And then from then it should be a guaranteed job working for the same company, which is extremely exciting. Wow, that's amazing. And when did you realise that being a patent attorney would be something that you'd you'd really want to do? Yeah, so I love my degree and I think it's really great that I could still say that, although after this exam season, maybe not. But I think I was just really looking for something that was going to be physics orientated without having to necessarily create the physics myself like I still wanted to use my degree and I wanted to feel like it had been really worthwhile because it, it was quite a hard degree to do but I didn't really want to go into research or engineering or anything kind of relating to that and it was really nice to use my words again uh, it was really great to be able to to see all of these scientific things that are still going on without actually having to do it myself and then it, it was kind of when I actually have a friend who graduated last year and she ended up going into it and it was when she first started talking about looking at jobs and how that was what she wanted to do and it was kind of just word of mouth that I ended up doing it so yeah very fortunate in that sense that I just happened to know some other people who were doing the same thing. That's really interesting because I think a lot of people are in that situation where you think I do want to use my degree but I don't necessarily want to do the obvious job that's using it so when you realised that and you're saying it's sort of lucky coincidence that you managed to meet someone who gave you an idea because they were going into that that job. When you realised you would love to be using physics, but not as a physicist as such, 
how did you start exploring the potential options that might be available to you? So just kind of knowing in advance that a lot of the graduate programs do open in September so kind of getting ahead of that in August when I had nothing else on and just having a little look to try and get a feel of things I had a massive spreadsheet actually with all the options of things that I didn't even really end up applying for in the end because I was just in such a fortunate position and um, that I ended up being able to tailor what I had done quite specifically to patent tenure it was almost as though I was working towards that the whole time but not everyone is in such a fortunate position I think having keep being able to keep track of the things that you're interested in and, and specific jobs and things that you've applied for and that sort of thing is really useful. That sounds like you were very organised and systematic and that you were really on the case with that especially that summer before your final year. Yeah definitely um, getting ahead of the game a little bit and checking things out and even kind of having a look the year before when the big internship schemes were out and about it was just nice to have a look and see what things could be out there even though I wasn't applying yet I've kind of always been really into looking to the future so I think that's come in quite handy in this case. Yeah and it sounds like you really kind of cast the net wide in terms of what you were looking into and thinking well it could be it could be any of these diverse options that I'm finding out that are, that are possibilities and then when you did find one that feels really right for you it wasn't something you had in mind before and you didn't really know when you first heard of it what it necessarily what it even was is that the case yeah so it was something that I didn't really understand and it's completely different to kind of anything that most of the academics on my course would lead you to believe I think I was told I was going to the dark side by by one actually by not going into research or, or anything sort of relating to that. Okay so then you did all of this research because you happened to know someone who went into working in patent attorney you were like okay that's an option I hadn't thought about before you looked into it and thought this would really suit me and then you said you were in a really lucky position where it turned out that you could tailor your applications really well towards it and it was almost like you'd been working towards this the whole time without even knowing it so what were the what were the components that came together to mean that you could write such a successful application in the end yeah so obviously with physics you kind of automatically have a lot of mathematical ability and physics knowledge and kind of knowledge of science and, and all of that sort of stuff and it's really easy to fall into the trap of kind of doing more physics related things as like an extracurricular and that sort of thing but I think I've always just been really keen to try and make sure that I tick every box on everything especially when I didn't know from the start what I wanted to go into so kind of if I go back to the to the very start um, after I got into the university I knew that I was going to be here for four years because it was an integrated master's so it, it kind of it would be easy to assume there was no rush to kind of get into anything but while I knew that first year didn't count towards my final grade I thought that would be a good time to get into some fundraising so I ended up working with Choose Your Challenge and the Raise and Give Society um, and raising I think it was £3,000 for a charity called Hope for Children and then um, as like a sponsored trek through Peru so that's kind of automatically 
being able to say that you have planned events because I planned a big raffle and that I'm quite personable because I managed to talk to people on the street and things like that so I think I've always treated things as like a tick box as a skill rather than oh it's I mean obviously I wanted to go to Peru and that was very exciting and and the whole experience was just amazing but it was really nice to to be able to instantly put that onto my CV and then I also did grand challenges in my first year as well and that's just like a load of skills that you could take off in one go um, for such an easy amount of time. I can't really recommend that enough with it's just being one week where you get to work in a team and you can kind of say that you've got a specific project. I didn't know it at the time, but if you don't know that much about LinkedIn, there's a big section at the bottom which says about projects. So that was quite an easy thing to be able to stick on on that section, which made it kind of look as though you'd filled it out almost more than you had. I was just really wanted to travel as much as possible when I was kind of younger. I mean, still do now, but life gets in the way of those sorts of things. But I ended up au pairing for a month in Germany um, without speaking any German. So that was really, really helpful specifically in a, in applying to become a trainee patent attorney because just that communication and, and kind of knowing the way of being able to get across the, what you're trying to say when I couldn't even speak the language. I think that was something they were quite interested in. So the children that I was working with, there was four children and they didn't really speak any English, some of them. Well, the last, the youngest three didn't speak any. So it was challenging and it's it was a really good thing to be able to say within an interview as well. If you're thinking about those questions of when were you most challenged or almost when do you feel like you'd failed and um, like looking after these children. And it was just a bit of a nightmare, but it has actually been a really helpful thing in terms of applying for a job. And I got to see cool parts of Germany that I would never have normally seen so that was really exciting. What I really love about what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that you've kind of combined a really tactical approach of like there's all these skills and I want to have all of them and I'm literally going to work my way through and take them off but you combine that with being like who am I what am I interested in what do I want to do right I want to be able to go traveling I want to go to some other countries so you're kind of ticking off tactically ticking off skills while also giving yourself incredible experiences and opportunities and then linking that straight through into even when they don't seem like an obvious connection actually they're able to get you because you're doing them with that awareness of the skills you're able to use them to actually talk about them in a job interview and, um, and and get jobs. Can we move on to thinking about then the the step between we we've only heard about your first year. I I I get that, and I'm got I've got the impression that there are three more years of study, and you've done a lot of other stuff during that time as well. So I don't know if you want to before we start talking about the recruitment process and how you actually went about getting the job. I don't know if there's any highlights of stuff that you did in the other three years that you felt were most useful or most kind of informed the pieces falling into place for you? Yeah sorry I think I went on a bit of a tangent there Um, but yeah the I think I did the access to internships scheme which is through through career zone because um you so obviously you have to take a few few boxes to be able to qualify for that not everyone does and I ended up working for a month actually over covid for a council at home for a client the part of the climate change team within a council so that was really interesting trying to get a little bit more specific and um, I think towards my degree but I really can't recommend something like that enough it can be really overwhelming trying to apply for internships and things like that and 
they're not necessarily going to work out and there is only so many so I think trying to go out there and get in yourself something when you can actually still get paid because obviously most people can't afford to work for a month without getting paid and so if you can go to them and just send emails and just really push yourself um to to get into those connections for, for things like that so yeah the access to internships was was a, a really great experience in, in part of telling me what I didn't want to do as well <laughs> like it, it was it was really interesting in in a sense but I realized very quickly that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life I definitely did not want to work in council and although I'm really passionate about climate change and, and all of those things that's definitely more of a like passion project over job that I would like to do uh, yeah definitely as I got older you kind of start to realize what what your goals are a little bit more I think that's so key what you've just said there though about the fact that trying the different experiences helps you also work out what you don't want and that's as important a part of the puzzle being able to fall into place so that you know that something is right and will fit does feel right when when that does come up and you wouldn't know that without sort of trying things so can I just quickly add another one on I've actually been on a committee for the last two years as well for a society and I think that that is a really easy thing for most people to do and then people kind of forget about that and you might go to a society just for the socials or, or something else but there is so many really educational and just really interesting societies so I was part of the rethinking society which is kind of like debating without the debate and that came up a lot in my interview process and, and things like that because it is just so unique not that I'm trying to just plug this society but there is so many different things like Enactus and different charity ones and, and things like that that you can get involved in that do contribute to your CV while also just being really rewarding and interesting and I've met some of my best friends through societies and I can't recommend getting on a committee enough because that just just give you so many more skills and just kind of starting to understand the process of a working environment because the amount of forms that you have to fill in and, and that sort of thing it is is really interesting. Thanks for sharing that experience as well. Yeah, I think I think this comes back to the balance that's been a theme as you've described all of your experiences between saying I'm doing stuff that's going to help my employability, but actually what I'm doing is stuff that I'm really interested in and that I'm also enjoying while I'm doing it and I think that's a really that's a really key message. Yeah, so something else that I would say is that it is really useful to have a part-time job because it does just show that you're doing more than your degree and you're able to multitask in your brain. And I think the university does offer a lot of jobs that aren't working in in cafes and things like that, if that's something that you really don't want to do or, or worried about. But you get so many other skills from things like that. And I worked in a McDonald's at school and somehow that ends up coming up on CVs more often than you would think. So it is it is a really useful thing to do just to show that you're such a diverse person. Yeah, absolutely. Any experience is hugely valuable and not something to just be underestimated just because it's a cafe or whatever it might be. I think it's really interesting. You're not the first person who's told me that McDonald's has come up in graduate recruitment processes because I think there's a real assumption often that it won't and actually you know recruiters are interested in the full diversity of you as a person aren't they so you did all of this stuff ticked off all the skills got lots of great experiences had a good time made really good friends got a degree and 
you've got this job lined up. So so can we just go for the last sort of bit of the conversation now? Can we zone in on that? How did you actually get the jobs? Where's the step between I found out that the job exists to getting it? So presumably you did some applications or did you just do one? Yeah, so I did three, which is obviously not not very many. Um, so I was quite fortunate in that sense and that won't necessarily happen to everyone. But yeah, so there's there was some LLP, um, like intellectual property websites that I started trawling through and Grad Checker is really good for STEM subjects. I think that was where I found the first one and then had a little look through through those and just started working my like writing out what I needed to do for those each one and what the deadlines were. I had like seven written down I think there there was not a lot of companies there's only I think like 2,000 patent attorneys qualified patent attorneys in the whole country so there wasn't that many companies to choose from in, in my case and then kind of narrowed it down to I knew that I wanted to work in London so I kind of prioritized each one because I realized really quickly that applications take a really long time to do when you're still trying to do your degree at the same time and I wouldn't necessarily recommend that which is how I ended up only applying for three in the first place. Yeah, so then this specific process was one of the more complicated ones to start with. So the one that I ended up getting was the last one I'd applied to, but the first one that I started applying to, if that makes sense, because it kind of really shone out to me as the company that I wanted to work for. Just kind of going through the websites and going through their LinkedIn's. And then I think I Googled the director of the company and stuff like that as well, just kind of find out what they're all about. And I personally know that I get quite bored doing the same thing all the time so I wanted to make sure that they had kind of progression as well as like other aspects of things that they do so like my company has a um like charitable part of it um, and I think they're involved in schools and they I have a um a thing called a gold crest award which I got at school and they run these gold crest awards for the <laughs> for the people so that was quite a fun little link and just kind of trying to find things that I could really specifically resonate with that would be able to come up in interviews too and then from there so the specific application process for the job that I got was a cover letter a cv and then I had to <laughs> send in uh, one sentence about what is a pair of scissors describing it to someone who had never seen it before and um, writing 600 words about a kitchen implement with moving parts that wasn't electric so quite specific and that's why it took me so long whereas the other ones were just cover letters and cvs that had to be sent through so I ended up sending obviously the almost exactly the same cv and parts of the same cover letter to each company but I wrote the cover letter specifically for the company that I got the job for in the first place like that was the first cover letter that I wrote and I didn't even get a first interview or anything with the other two companies at all so I think it, that does really show that you should if you have time really completely start from scratch on your cover letters and you do just get a bit more specific and try and trying to link it back and then it was two interviews so the first interview was an hour and I had to do a, a five-minute presentation in that time that I'd had like pre-prepared for, and they sent me a load of patent documents that, to pre-read so that they could ask me a lot of like scientific questions. So they were quite scientific interviews, way more than kind of what biscuit would you be if you could be a biscuit sort of questions. <laughs> so that was the first interview, and then the second interview was with somebody even higher up in the company. Each one was with with two people. Yeah, so then he just ended up talking a lot more about the company um, 
I ended up asking quite a lot of questions I had like a load of questions written down before the start of the interview which I think was really important I actually had because the interview was online and I couldn't imagine doing an in-person interview and I think that would be a lot more scary but I actually had loads of documents open on my laptop so that every time they asked me a question I was just referring to my huge amounts of things I'd written down so like anything about all the skills I already had and the questions I wanted to ask and, and anything like that yeah and then by the end of the interview the way he was talking I, I felt quite confident that I'd got the job and it was only like two days later that I actually ended up getting it. Well it sounds like a really rigorous process and clearly you did exceptional research and tailoring on that first on that first application that like you say is what is what got you through that door and again it sounds like so much preparation and research and thinking and reflecting on your experience that went into being so equipped when you were there in the interviews so I'm I'm not surprised that um it came through as a as a successful job offer in the end and I'm so pleased for you that you didn't have to wait too long for it I know sometimes it can be really really nerve-wracking and it's a very common experience to have to wait for a long time for an employer to get back and confirm after an interview so you were you were you were lucky on that count Thank you so much, Ellie, for joining us and sharing so much of your story and how you've got there and all the best um, wishes for you in enjoying your graduation celebrations and getting going in your new job. When when do you start? I start on the 12th of September in their set, they're putting me up in Bristol for a week for the introduction and then moving back into London for the rest of the time after that. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Amazing. So have a wonderful summer, really good start to the job. And we'd love to have you back sharing your experience maybe once you're a, a year or two in and uh, can tell us a bit more about what it's really like in the workplace there. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message hashtag CareerZonePodcast at UOE Careers on Twitter or at UOE CareerZone or at UOE Cornwall CareerZone on Instagram and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.